justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. You good morning, from good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the 476ers podcast. I broke my promise by telling you that I would know what this episode's number is, and I don't. And by now, you should know that that's what's going to happen when you're dealing with me. Uh, so anyway, this is the evening of Sixer Celtics. Um, I was just so excited I couldn't wait. I needed to record this podcast immediately, immediately, because it feels so nice to have a good coach. I mean, I don't remember the last time we had a good coach on our team. And also with a roster of players that complement each other in many ways. And it is a breath of fresh air to watch the Sixers play a sport that I like to call basketball. It's my favorite sport. I love it when they dribble down and up the court. You see, you thought I was going to say up and down. But I said down and up because that really signifies what it's like to be a Sixers fan over the last few years. We've been down for so long that it feels great to be up. You know, I made this comparison to my therapist the other day where, you know, if you've never seen light before and the first time you see a light bulb, you would just be shook to your core until you saw the sun. And then it would just open up brand new horizons for you. And that's what it feels like. Nick has nursed us back to health. Uh, Nick nursed the MD. <laughs> I mean, he could have his own show like House, except it would be about a coach who comes to address poorly coached basketball teams. Um, I mean, it feels great. We essentially traded James Harden and P.J. Tucker for Nick Batum and his messed up finger. And it was it turned out to be a great trade, but I, I refuse to compliment Daryl Morey because he ruined it. Every time I see Morey on TV, I get disgusted more. I mean, he just looks like he is evolving more and more into the Captain Planet pig villain. Um, he just looks bad. Um, you know, he looks bad because he couldn't get another All Star in here, and yet, you know, the thing that people forget. We sit here and everyone is thinking that it's a race for another All-Star. And really, it's not. When you think about teams like the Nuggets who just won, teams like the Bucks who won a couple years ago, there was one MVP guy and one All-Star-ish guy who can go toe-to-toe with a lot of the other scorers, tries really hard on defense, and that is where we are today. That is what Maxi is. Um, of course, at the end of the game, you know, some of the things that I've been concerned about Maxi came out. Things like, uh, you know, he still doesn't quite have a crossover in terms of being a perimeter player. Now, Jalen Brown is a is an above average defender, so I don't really, I'm not trying to disparage Maxi. It's it's a tough matchup for him to um, be guarded by by. Jalen, but having a little bit more of a left to right swing slash crossover would help him get the space he needs to do a, a little step back. Um, but yeah, uh, let, let's talk about the game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the end of the game. I'm fast forwarding to the end and, and let's talk about it. 
<clears throat> in the first quarter, you know, Joel, I noticed this thing about Joel where if a team decides to defend Joel in some weird, funky way, it just will take him out of the game. I mean, he will become so disparaged by what he's seeing on the court uh, that he will... He, you will just see it reeking all over his body language. I mean, he just can't help it. I've been saying this for so many years at this point. You know, he will essentially just become recal- like an, a recalcitrant, which is a word I picked up recently and I wanted to use desperately, and I've used it today. I know TJ now is the homie TJ is going to get angry at this, and that's fine. He is a, He becomes a recalcitrant. So... He needs to really figure that out. The, the, they came out with a new little wrinkle here, which is not really new. It's the exact same thing they did last year. It's the exact same thing we did to the Nuggets last year, putting P.J. Tucker on Joker and having Joel float off the worst three-point shooter. And what they did was they put uh, Melton on – I mean, Melton, oh, my goodness – they put Drew on Joel, and, you know, it may be confusing, but why? Why would you put Drew on Joel? Well, because Drew is very, very strong. I mean, he is as, as just one of the strongest people ever. Um, and because Joel is prone to turnovers, they say, cool, we're going to put Drew on here because as soon as Joel does anything with this basketball, it is going to be ripe for the picking. Uh, and that was pretty much the case. You know, he had a couple successful you know, scored on Drew a couple of times. But in general, it, it really did make things very difficult. Oh, I'm watching the Clippers-Brooklyn game, and I am see the Clippers are down 10. I just watched P.J. Tucker miss another three. Surprise, surprise. Um, I can hear that brick from here. Anyway, so, yeah, that really did was a pain in the ass. I do see the point of what they were doing, um, having, you know, Porzingis kind of just hover around Joe and make it difficult. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was enough. But the thing, the biggest, one of the biggest differences between this year's team and the previous year's teams is when Joel is in his little funk, this little, you know, funkadelic thing that he goes through, we have an actual system in place now where, uh, Maxi being the point guard who's really growing into a point guard every game. You just see him making better and better decisions. A couple times today where he pulled it back out. He saw it was not an advantageous situation for us. And I think those are things that he would not have done in the past. Um, and so we have a system in place where our point guard can say, okay, Joel's not feeling it today. He, he is unhappy. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and run our plays, and Joel participates, and he gets his assists up, and that's great. That'll make him happy, because then when people are saying that Joker is better than him, he can say, oh, but look, I have a lot of assists this year, too. Um, and so that's awesome. That That's, you know, some fodder for him to, to be a little bit happier, and so he can get going and be the dominant Joel that we know him to be. Um, the other thing about this year is clearly they have encouraged him to block more shots. And he is blocking the shit out of more and more shots. Um, he is probably going to average a career high in blocks this year. And that's great. I'm very happy about that. Um, one day, maybe Tobias will learn that he can't score on Tatum. Uh, it's now been so many years that this story has been playing out. He continues to try this somewhere. I hear stranger things. Uh 
singing the uh, 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 my man over there uh, with his girlfriend Susie singing the never ending story song um, because he has never been able to score on Tatum and no matter how hard he tries it's he just it's just not faded it is not in the fates like the the three witches of Macbeth did not include this in the fates of Tobias and Tatum that Tobias would ever score on him if you if you ever go to God and get a hold of his book of people and just flip to the page of Jason Tatum it's there alphabetically you go to Tatum and you just look and you'll see it's written in there not to be scored on by Tobias Harris. It's in there. It's written in there. And yet Tobias, you know, credit to him. He will fight against uh, he will fight against fate forever. And that's great for him, I think. You know, there, there could be a 30 for 30 on that. Um, but it's not great for Sixers basketball. I wish he would stop trying to score on Jason Tatum. It never works out for him. He tries to post them up. He tries to whatever. He just try. He just doesn't have a bag. I mean, it's been how many years now? He doesn't have a bag. With that said, though, he's playing great. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to shit on Toby right now. He ha- he is really having a great season. This is the best season he's had. Last year, I thought the, it was the best season he, he had because he did a far better job fitting in. Um, this year is the best season he's had because he's actually doing an even better job fitting in when... Joel is in the game. He is more of an unseen person, uh, you know, scoring here and there, taking some, taking a, a advantage of some transition opportunities, attacking off the catch. And then when Joel sits, he becomes a lot more aggressive. And that's really working out well for us. Um, Kelly Oubre, fantastic. He's been playing great, just does so many different things on the court. Um, you know, he's learned a lot. He really has learned a lot. He, he unfortunately kind of became like the wing version of JaVale McGee coming from those Wizards teams that were kind of a joke. And he has really, really, really turned himself, you know, went to the Warriors, saw what that was like, ended up on the Hornets, saw how awful that was, and now saw what it was like this summer to not get any offers really in free agency and he's really grown. I mean, he is out there just working. If he can't hit a shot, he grabs offensive rebounds. If if he can't, if he's not making threes, he's getting to the basket. He's playing defense. He may have some some brain farts at times, but listen, that's you know, he's not the best player on the team. He's not the second best or the third best player on the team. So when you're the fourth best player on the team, you can have brain farts. It's fine. It doesn't stink as bad. Um, that was a, that was a poor fart joke. Uh, you, you can tell I haven't been doing this often cause I just went to a fart joke. Um, but he's been playing great. Melton, he is awful. He has been so, so bad this year. I mean, he is melting our chances, <laughs> you know, like he has been so awful. He cannot hit a shot for his life and it's become so bad that it has mentally, like, it has mind-fucked him. He is mind-fucked right now, and he needs to probably sit for a while. Fake an injury, just sit for a while, because his mind is, he's overthinking things on defense, poor turnovers down the stretch today. 
unable to hit threes, unable to finish, just really, really struggling and forcing things at times. It's really bad. Um, I would say that if we're going to make a trade, we need to target. Like, there are no all-stars or guys out there that really are going to make the difference that I think people would want it to make, that I think Maury would think it could make. There just isn't anyone there, you know. And dare I say, I'm going to throw up in my own mouth, the way that we are playing, the way that the chemistry has been, I mean, the, just even the guys on the on the bench, I haven't seen guys so connected in so long. When James was here, it was all, I hated it. Honestly, I just hated everything about it. It was so bad. The chemistry was terrible. And the chemistry is so good right now. Tobias is vocal. He's on fire. I kind of almost... Would rather keep Tobias and see how it goes. You know, I preached a couple years ago how important it was to have continuity on a team. The Nuggets just proved this last year. You know, just continuity is so damn important. It's so underrated. Just going to piece together a team as I'm watching literally the Clippers down seven with a minute left. It Just piecing together a team with all these disparate all-stars really never it's very difficult like it's a difficult thing like uh, unless you're you're gonna sacrifice like kd and like steph like the warriors whole thing is sacrificing unless you can fit in there these things don't work or unless you're as great as lebron is and as great as d wade was in his prime oh uh, yeah a lot of this is not gonna go that way you know like this is just another example of that gonna fail and Going to get, like, what are you going to get, Zach Levine? I mean, he scored 50 points, had no assists. Uh, assists. I, I just called it assists. He had no assists. Um, I mean, it's it's what I call the Kevin Martin corollary, where Kevin Martin will score 50 points and have no rebounds, no assists. It's like, did you play? Did you do anything else today? Or did you just catch and shoot? Did you just, just score today? That's all you did. You didn't do Anything else, no fouling, no turnovers, thankfully, no steals, no blocks, no assists, no rebounds. I mean, unbelievable. And Zach Levine just did that the other day. And I like Zach. I really do. But one, he's not quite the explosive player that he used to be. He really has improved himself into a shooter and one-on-one scorer. Is he the defender that we would like him to be? I mean, there. one thing I will say is that with this trade that we made, because we have, um, you know, Batum, if you could get Zach with a, you know, a, a, with that 28 unprotected Clippers pick, which is very valuable, along, you know, that pick with Tobias to get Zach Levine, you know, honestly, the way that, that Toby's playing, I think you could probably get away with protecting that pick, if I'm being honest. Um, and then saying that the starting lineup would be Maxi, Levine, um, Oubre, Batum, and Joel. I mean, I would probably really like that. You know, honestly, it, it probably is not a bad lineup, except that again, continuity, the chemistry is great. I don't know if it's worth doing. I think it, I think honestly, it'd be better to trade that unprotected pick with, you know, some of the junk, the fur can and, you know, Marcus Morris and, I don't know, Jared Springer, who has no offensive ability. God help us all, my man. He is did not play today, thankfully, but he is really, I, I can't even say he's raw. This is year three. He has no offensive talent. 
it's a shame. I like him. I love his defense. I love how hard he plays, but just has no offensive ability. Um, so, you know, maybe you trade those pieces and that pick and you can get back Dort, Lugans Dort, something like that. Someone who can just fit in, who can score a bit. I mean, literally against the, the, the Warriors the other day, I think it was, where he was like 10 for 10 the first three quarters of the game and, you know, played really well defensively, can guard players pretty much of all size, you know, ones, twos, and threes, uh, maybe some fours. Um, someone like that, I think fits a lot better what we're trying to do here, you know, and I think that, you know, moving Mel into the bench and stuff like that, I think makes a lot more sense than trying to get Zach Levine, you know, that, or maybe like a buddy, I don't know what it would take to get buddy. I don't know if that requires Tobias. They love to, they, they really like Tobias. They wanted him last year. Maybe that could just be a straight up trade. Uh, but then buddy defensively, you know, he's bigger obviously, which is a plus because we could really benefit from having a bigger shooting guard right now. Um, maybe that would be nice just to have more consistent shooting, more consistent space on the floor. I mean, he would be the best shooter next to Joel since essentially, Seth Curry, you know, as as good of a shooter as Tyrese is just different. You know, that's not Tyrese's skill set necessarily. Um, and, you know, Tyrese has been great, but still like, you know, having an outlet like Buddy is a lot different. You know, when you're talking about Buddy has been, you know, is like second in three point percentage over the last seven years or whatever it is, the whatever crazy stat that is. Plus, he's Joel's age, no matter how much he wants to pretend he is. And he, you know, because of the situation with his birth certificate when he came out of college, he ages a year and a half every year to catch up to his real age. You know, so every year it's really 18 months. Um and so he's just trying to catch up. So he's really on the timeline with Joel. Um and so maybe something like that, but I just don't know, you know, like the, the guy is just not there, you know, like, like we're not going to get Kawhi Leonard and does Kawhi Leonard actually work better here next to Joel? I mean, does he work better here than Tobias? Yes. I mean, that's obviously yes. As long as he's healthy, but does he, is him and Joel really a great fit? Probably not. I mean, I told, I texted a friend of mine today. I forgot who it was. I told this to, but. I said Tyrese is the best um, perimeter player that has played next to Joel. Honestly, I, I really do believe that. When you really look at the history of guys we've had, I don't think James was good. You know, like as good as James, as good as some of the games were, and as high as some of the moments were, the offense would fall apart. Like last year, our offense felt like we would score by luck, you know, or just by skill, right? By individual talent, by Joel being individually great, by James doing something individually great, whatever. Uh, whereas this year we have guys that are scoring by system and that, and by ball movement, while Joel can still stop the ball at times, you can live with that because of how efficient he is as a scorer right now. But having Joel and James on the same team, I mean, that shit it was awful. That was like, that was awful. Really like seeing a good coach here, seeing us play basketball this year, how we're playing and comparing it to the team last year. I told someone this the other day, we would absolutely trash last year's team. I mean, last year's team was an absolute joke. Um, we would crush that team if we played them this year. It just, it, it's not even comparable. Like we would absolutely demolish that team. 
And so I think that, you know, again, if you're making a trade, you're trying to make something small like that. You're not trying to make a massive splash. You don't want to get another all-star who's going to stop the ball. You want guys who are going to come in here, fit into a system. I know OG was someone who was mentioned early, like, could we get someone like that? That would be great. Like, I don't think we can. They offered, they were offered Damian Lillard for OG and they said no. So is that pick really something better? Um, to get OG here, I, we don't really have a ton of assets other than that. So, you know, like I guess in a perfect world, that would be really, really nice to have. Um, but ultimately someone who fits in a system, someone who is here to defend the bigger players so that Melton isn't being overextended and so that Maxi can defend the smaller guys, even though Maxie's been defending really, really well this year. And I've always said that Maxie works really hard on defense. I think he's kind of become very underrated in that, in that way. He works really hard. The same thing with, with, with Steph Curry, like where people are like, Oh, Steph is a bad defender. No, he is not. He's not, he is not a bad defender. He is just the, the best target in comparison to the other defenders that have been on the Warriors. Well, yeah, you're going to just settle for Steph as the best guy to go after, but Steph Steph is a very, very good defender. He works his ass off on defense. And Maxie is the same way. He's just too small. But, I mean, you saw he had that great block. And while blocks are not indicative of being a good defender, what it is indicative of is the hustle, the hard work, those things that uh, matter when you're talking about someone playing defense. So, you know, like, so really you just want someone who can guard bigger players at that position, who can, who is switchable and all those things. Having Batum here really, really helps. He is so switchable with so many guys it, on that second unit. Paul Reed, who, you know, I said a couple, I said a week ago, every time I mentioned the awful trade we made to get James Harden, I mentioned that Andre, that Drummond was our best backup center. But this year, Paul Reed really is making the run for being the best backup center that Joel's had. He's been playing really, really well. He works really hard on defense. Uh, last year, he would make really, really stupid fucking decisions. Uh, and this year, he does not make as many stupid decisions. And that's great. That's all we can ask for him. You're going to play 12 minutes. Don't do anything fucking dumb. And he's doing great with that, with that, with that, uh, with that responsibility. So, um, so yeah, I think that right now, I mean, six and one. Joel is due for an injury. He he got. I mean, he's looked injured on and off the last three games. Uh, he looked injured game one. Today he was definitely laboring. He hit the ground. It looks like he hurt his hip, and that's a shitty feeling when you're someone that size to bang your hip on the ground. That can be very difficult. Um, so I think he might be due for an injury, but I honestly am not really worried about that. I think that we're gonna be fine. Uh, for a bit, you know, can we be fine long term? Of course not. But if he has to miss a few games, I think we'll be fine with that. Um, I, I'm not even worried about us losing the lead today. Like the, the way we lost the lead, that can be scary. But I felt very confident we were going to win the game. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes with Joel, you can get let down a little bit quickly. He can kind of get a little lost. He can get a little caught up in the speed of these close games sometimes as opposed to settling himself down and just saying, what's the thing to go to here? Um, and sometimes you see him not do that, but against, against a team like the Celtics, I think, I think it's different uh, for two reasons. One, I think it's different because 
Joel is very aware of all of those things. So he's aware of the history with the Celtics. He's aware of all of that. And I think he can get caught up sometimes in the speed of the game. Whereas if he's playing the jazz and this is happening all of a sudden, he starts doing all the things where it's like, my God, he's making this game look so easy right now. Just hitting every big bucket and doing all those things and all these clutch situations that he's finding himself in is, is being successful. But then against a team like, the the Celtics or a team like the Heat, I think he gets caught up sometimes in in the narrative and all of that, and so you know he definitely needs some work there. But the other the second part of this is it's the Celtics. Like no Celtics Sixers game is complete without some bullshit. So you know, like I'm not even really too worried about it. You know, I thought that. Regardless, we closed out the game. We won. That's the most important thing. Was it difficult? Sure. But this team just hung up 155 points on someone last week. Like, they are a very good team. I said that I think they're the most talented team in the East. Um, are they the best team? We'll see. You know, like, so much of being the best team in basketball is not just talent, right? Like, of course, that's one of the most important factors. But really, like... The all those intangibles, you like need that. You need the toughness. You need the effort. You need the guy who can make those small plays. Guys like honestly, like Patrick Beverly, who has taken the PJ Tucker role, which I'm fine with because he has far less responsibility. Whereas PJ Tucker was in the starting lineup, and as I said before, like yo, I wonder if Sixers fans are prepared for the fact that there will be games where PJ Tucker does not score points, where he will go 0 for four. And he'll do all the little things, but we're still going to lose because at the end of the day, you need someone who can spread the floor a little bit. And if you like all the little things pale in comparison to the fact that people are going to just double team Joel ceaselessly because you offer no threat. Well, with Beverly, there may be times he doesn't score, but he doesn't have the same responsibility. He is our backup point guard. He does, he knows how to slow the game down when we need to slow the game down. He knows how to kind of just, you know, maneuver an offense and do a couple little things here. And he really is great in momentum. When we, ha- when we have momentum, he is really a great punctuator for that. Like, and that's helpful. So he is just a nice guy to have. It works. Like, Again, if you get someone like a door or like a Ananobi somehow, like moving Melton to the second unit where you have Melton, you have um, you have Beverly, like Paul Reed, Robert Covington, whatever. The scoring may not be super duper fantastic there, but the defense is going to be a pain in the ass. And that counts for something. Um, so we'll see. I think like. I feel good, honestly. I, I really, really do feel good. I don't know who who is the next game we're playing here. Uh, let's take a look at this bad boy. Uh, let's go CBS here. CBS, who I go to, as opposed to the NBA app, because the NBA app is fucking awful. Uh, we played Detroit on Friday. I think that is probably our first uh, in-season tournament game, if I'm not mistaken. So all the in-season tournament games, I believe, are Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, 
So we play Detroit. Detroit uh, is playing teams tough. Not that they're necessarily good. They have some talent there. Oscar Thompson has been awesome. Thompson um, is, I think, third in blocks as a shooting guard right now, a 6'6 shooting guard. Um, they have Jaden Ivey coming off the bench, which he's not too happy with. Understandable since Jaden Ivey, there was a ton of hype around him. I don't know what his season looks like. However, Kate Cunningham's been playing really well. Um, Doran has playing really great as their starting center. He's been playing awesome. Uh, although, you know, injured here and there, I think he's missed two games already, but, um, we tend to struggle with guys like that a bit. You know, Joel tends to struggle. It's, it's why Daniel Gafford looked like fucking Will Chamberlain the other day for the first quarter. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, whatever. But at the end of the day, Jalen Doran can't guard, can't do anything with Joel. Um, and so I think I would probably bet that we're going to win that because we're a well-coached team now. Um, so yeah, I, I feel really good. Uh, we'll see what's gonna happen. I'm not I'm not sitting here saying we're gonna win a championship. I'm not saying we're the best team in the East. I am saying that we are definitely a nice surprise. I think people were expecting us to take a big step back because of the James Harden thing. But trading James Harden, as I said when we did trade him, was more of a addition by subtraction. Uh, and it's proving out. And on top of that, there were actual addictions, addictions, additions of players who are actually helping us, who are actively helping us right now. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I, this is probably the most positive I have been about the Sixers in a very long time. You know, like I feel very good. I feel very, very good. Brand new horizons uh in the Sixers future I think with that being said that is the end of this podcast I'm gonna, is there anything I can think about with basketball let's go ahead and take a look at what's happening in the NBA tonight and I'll give you a couple th- quick thoughts on what I think uh let's go back to CBS here not the NBA app because that app sucks uh today is Wednesday Phoenix is beating Chicago by two points right now Phoenix has not had a full uh has not been able to get all of their starting players on the court together and Booker, who I kind of picked to be the MVP. Oh shit. Bradley Beal is actually playing today, but Booker is not playing. Um, who I picked to be MVP. He's, I think he's played two games and has been injured, you know, most of uh, the other, pretty much the rest of the time. Um, so we'll see. Bill doesn't look like he's having much of an impact. The Lakers are down 28 points to Houston. Uh, they are not good. All right, they are not good. I have never ever liked this Lakers team. To be clear, the the AD thing, the, the when they traded for Russ, I mean that to me was pretty much the shot heard around the world. That was the biggest mistake they could have made, and I thought they made the I thought they did the best thing they could do by trading Russ and doing some of the things they did. But at the end of the day, they are not a good team. They're just not good. You're depending on AD to be the best player on the team. He one day we will let that go. The day that Tobias realizes he can't score on Tatum will be the same day that everyone collectively realizes that AD should never be an MVP favorite, should never be defensive player of the year favorite. He just isn't that. I don't care what his numbers look like. I don't care the games looks like a beast when you're losing by 28 points in the third quarter to the Houston Rockets. You're I just don't give a shit. I just don't care. Uh, Detroit up five on Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee beat us. And since then, we have looked like the far better team. Um, 
they are definitely struggling. I, I am not so prepared to say the whole, oh, well, Drew Holiday, who, you need someone who can defend the perimeter. I heard Bill Simmons mention, oh, they gave up 45 to Cam Thomas, but everyone has given up 45 points to Cam Thomas this year so far. So I don't even think that's really that big of a deal. Um I think that at the end of the day, the, the Dame Giannis thing is still too much of a uh, your turn, my turn thing. They're not running as many pick and rolls as everyone thought they would run. And I think the Adrian Griffin coaching is a problem. So we'll see how that resolves itself. Uh, Detroit is now up eight on them. Uh, New Orleans getting blown out by Minnesota. Minnesota, who has been very, very good this year. The only team to beat the Celtics and the Nuggets. Um, obviously, we just beat the Celtics tonight, but they are the only team to beat both of those two teams, Number both number ones in the East and West. The Nuggets, who look like fucking flamethrowers out the gate right now, the best team in the league. Um, the, the, the Timberwolves look really good. Um, Anthony Edwards, who I thought would be a little bit more impactful this year. He's had moments, but then obviously the game against the Celtics, he showed really that what he can be. I mean, he really flexed on the Celtics. Like he played great against them. He locked up Tatum on an important possession, scored a bunch of points down late to take him to overtime. They won an overtime. He scored 38 points that game. He's been fantastic. Uh, yeah, up 23 on New Orleans. Zion out for personal reasons. Um, I'm not sure, you know, but yeah, well, obviously I'm not sure why that, that is. Well, you know, it's personal reasons. That's why. Um, Miami up one on Memphis. Memphis has been awful this year so far. Obviously, you know, not having uh, uh, John Morant there is a problem. What's kind of funny about this is, well, it's not funny. Stephen Adams is out for the season, but what's, you know, ironic or whatever it's not really ironic either but uh what's notable about this is that last year they lost even adams and they really faltered i mean they were the best team in the west at one point last year then they lost even adams and they kind of fell apart and everyone was like he can't because of steven adams but now here we are again no john Morant, no steven adams they're one and six so i don't know man it kind of feels like steven adams matters because last year without john Morant, they still had a really really good record to the point where they were actually their plus minus was actually better without john Morant than it was with john Morant. um so interesting. Miami hasn't been impressive so far, but they're never impressive in the regular season. Um, OKC, they are up five on Cleveland with eight minutes left. Cleveland has been very inconsistent this year. They've had a couple good wins, a couple really bad losses. They got killed by the Knicks the other day when in a game where Evan Mobley was like, yeah, you know, you circle this game on the calendar. Get ready for this game. Blah, 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 blah. Lose by 20. Um, OKC, who is a very fun team to watch, very interesting um, Giddy has been a little bit up and down. I don't care. I still love him. SGA has been a little up and down, not getting foul calls. Um, they've been struggling with him getting foul calls. It's become a little story that's been going on. Um, because as much as he drives to the rim, uh, he really is getting hammered and not getting calls. Uh, with that said, Chet Holmgren looks legit, man. He looks really, really good, really good defensively. Um, so we're going to see. We're going to see what, what happens with OKC. I think they can be a fun team to watch, you know, kind of like the Kings of this year, maybe something like that. Uh, Toronto up 11 on Dallas. Dallas 6-1 and one, out the gate hot, mostly because Luka's just great. You know, Luka's having a great, great start to the season. Kyrie is there still, too. Um, but really, uh, 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 um, 
Derek Lively, right? That's his name. The center that they drafted this year, the rookie, has been excellent. He has been playing great for them. Um, really a realization. His numbers are, I think he's like averaging eight and seven. It's nothing spectacular, but if you just watch him play, he's just involved in things, you know, constantly tipping balls out, grabbing, uh, uh, diving for loose balls, doing all types of things like that, where it just like, you know, he's just doing a bunch of things and it always helps, you know, and it always helps him. Um, what am I watching here? Does, does, is Giannis going to get thrown out of this game here? Did Giannis get thrown out of this game? I don't know what happened. I don't know. He he sat in the court. He sat on the <laughs> he sat on the sideline. I see with the forget. He was ejected. He was ejected with 15 points. Doing too much there, Giannis. Giannis is very angry this season. I just saw the highlights of that. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Look at these finals. So yeah, the, Toronto. The, one thing I want to say about Toronto. Scotty Barnes has fixed the shit out of his shot. I have never seen a player go from someone who absolutely cannot shoot to now someone who absolutely can shoot. I mean, it's really, really impressive what he's done with his shot. Um, I mean, he was cooking us, you know, but he's having a great, great season. But then on the contrary, Pascal has been awful so far. Like, you know, th- that, you know, was a question. Oh, it looks like he's having a good game today, though. I, I eat my words. Pascal, 29 and 11. Uh, OG with 23 points. He's been playing really well. The, the, yeah, the, it's an interesting team. You know, they don't have, they don't really have a real point guard. Shooter's playing their point guard. And while Shooter's a nice player, they could really benefit from having a real point guard and more shooting. Um, uh, Indiana hung up 134 on Utah. Indiana has the best offensive rating in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just playing great. The, their defense is struggling. They're five and three on the season, though. They're going to make some noise. Um, I think Utah is probably tanking a bit. They're two and seven right now. They were better than this last year, and they only added more talent. However, they seem to have gotten worse. They added John Collins, who is is hungry to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't know where he wants to be a Hall of Famer. Certainly not in this reality. Um, but, you know, Tyrese, 16, 6, and 13 assists there. Turner with 22 points. Only grabbed six rebounds. That is the nature of Miles Turner. Another story. Um, Never-ending story there. Benedict Matherin with 22 points, who's been great. Jalen Smith was a great trade for them. 16 and 11 off the bench. Uh, that's fantastic. And Aaron Neesmith, who I like. Oh, Buddy came off the bench, too. That's interesting. They had Bruce Brown in the starting lineup. Um, so, yeah, then obviously we won. Washington, I'm not even going to talk about them. They beat Charlotte by 16 points. Both of those teams are embarrassments. You know, I, I agree that we can have expansion in the league, but then you look at Washington and Charlotte and you start thinking twice about it. Maybe they should have expansion, but what they should do is remove, they should have expansion contraction where they do an expansion with Vegas and Seattle, but quietly send Washington and Charlotte to the G League. Um, San Antonio coming back down to earth. I mean, I don't give a shit. Wemby looks incredible. They're going to be good. They really need a point guard. Uh, the, the, the Jeremy Sohan point guard experiment isn't, is not it pop. Uh, I mean, it's it. If you want to lose games, maybe that's what they want to do. They don't have enough talent, but Wemby has been so good. I, I don't know what else to say about him. Uh, Next on ESPN at 10 p.m., you have Golden State and Denver. That's going to be fantastic. Golden State at Denver, two championship teams, two teams that know what it takes to win. 
Uh, that's going to be a fun game to watch. I may stay up late for that one. We'll see, as I literally probably snore in 15 minutes. Uh, Portland at Sacramento. Sacramento has fallen off of a cliff. I think Mike Brown's coaching has come back to reality. Mike Brown got coach of the year last year, which has become the Madden curse of the NBA. Uh, Portland, uh, school does not look good. He has missed the last few games. I don't know if he's playing today, but in general, whether he plays or not, it doesn't matter. He does not look good so far. It's too early. I'm not going to call him a bust or anything like that. It's far too early to tell, um, but he does not look good. He wants to be great right now. He's not great. Uh, let's do a quick rookie watch, too, because while we're here, <clears throat> while the Charlotte got blown out, what did Brandon Smith do for for? Uh, for them, let's take a look here. Uh, uh, not Brandon Smith. Uh, who the fuck is Brandon Smith? Brandon Miller with 13 points. Uh, pretty average game for him. Um, let's see what what uh, my man over here, what Wemby did. 14, 9, and 2, 4 for 14 shooting. That's not great. How many blocks? That's always what I want to see with him. Only one block. That is not great for him, but it's fine. He is a rookie. Uh, he said he said that Madison Square Garden, he was surprised how small it was, but I guess he just learned how big it is. You know what I mean? Um, and who else did I want to check here while I was here? Well, uh, let's see what Oscar Thompson is doing. The real favorite for rookie of the year here. Let's go Detroit. Uh, 16, 12, and 2. Uh, no blocks. That's a surprise. You know, his blocks are pretty much at this point kind of guaranteed. Um, and yeah, so that's great. Uh, oh yeah, what the, I wanted to see what Chet is doing. That game is going on now. Here it is. Let's take a look. Boop boop boop. And well, SGA has 38 points. That's great. He's so good. Chet 11, 6, and 2 blocks. Three blocks. So someone didn't let me down today. Finally. Um. All right. Well, that's it. That's our spin around the NBA. I try to do that once in a blue, you know, give you guys a little a little look in what's going on across the league. Um, with that said, everyone, uh, stay safe out there. Black Lives Matter. Rest in peace. Um, and yeah, take care. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind. Used to coming from behind.